Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Welcome back to another edition of Ditch the Suit. Steve Campbell here. In part one, we've been talking about multi-generational planning. We had talked about taxes, understanding your kid's situation, uh, understanding you want to create experiences for your heirs, and also understanding the different type of accounts you have and the taxability of each. In this one, we want to start to talk about what we would call the inheritance conundrum, understanding should you give, uh, when not to give, understanding your own needs and the needs of your kids so that you can make good decisions. And then again, when you're thinking about gifting, understanding your own priorities uh, and your, what your own financial situation can dictate. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Your situation is very different from other people. So we want to explore in this part, part of this conversation of understanding your own situation, what you have the capacity to do, and where you can go from here, because your desire may be to do something for your kids. But again, you're listening to this because you want to make sure you're doing the right things. So stay tuned. This is going to be a great conversation. As always, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. Your words mean the world to us, but it could also inspire somebody else to get the information that they need. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great conversation. So in the first part, we talked about the fact that there are a lot of considerations when you're talking about multi-generational gifting, leaving something to your kids. This is actually what we would call kind of an inheritance conundrum, what to do, when, how to go about doing it. So Travis, this is a conundrum for many people because they don't know when should I start this process? What are the things I need to do? So if somebody's thinking about wanting to leave something for their kids, what are some of the things that they need to consider first? We always say that this is, it's your life and your money. And I think that that is really important as we get into this topic. If you have accumulated enough assets so that there's some discretionary money there, and you're looking out and you're looking at your projections and and it's clear that the assets are going to continue to grow, but you're really not likely to make a meaningful dent into them just through regular spending. So you're just going to, you've got extra assets. Eventually you're going to pass on. If, if your financial advisor or whoever you consider your financial advisor is not talking to you about multi-generational planning, I'm not certain that they're, they're what I would call a wealth manager. Mm-hmm. I think that they're they're probably just an investment person or 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 somebody kind of posing as a as a comprehensive planner. Um, in our industry, they throw around the term comprehensive all the time. But what does comprehensive mean? In my opinion, the taxes, your lifetime of taxes, and, and the tax situation you could create for your kids, or the financial ramifications that you could create for your kids, is a part of your financial planning picture. That's the comprehensive, holistic part of it. It's not right. just oh, I have some investments and I have some insurance and you take care of all that for me. It's what does this stuff actually do? Because anybody's yep. willing to take care of it for you, but, but actually helping to align it with your values is something different. So the question is, is I'm that person, but I, I'm, I'm really struck with how do I decide whether or not I should give the money to my, or assets to my kids now, if I should wait longer what if I'm going to need them? What if I have a long-term care event? You know, what if it spoils my kids rotten? What if it disincentivizes them? So I think that there's a there's a an easy place to start for everybody. Okay. And I think that people get this wrong sometimes. But where you start is by first truly assessing not your needs today. That's part of it. 
but yep. your need, your 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 personal or or you and your spouse's personal long term needs. Yep. So when you look at yourselves financially and say, as a baseline, what do I need to make sure I always have for all my own personal contingency planning and and in case one of the spouses dies young and all that kind of stuff, what what needs to be there? So that's pool number one. Pool number two is the extra money that isn't needed to fill up pool number one. Right. So let's say you do all the calculations and the projections and you feel like find out you need X amount of money in pool number one. You subtract that from your overall pile of assets. And if it's positive and there's money left over, great. If it's not, then you've got actually some financial planning work to do because you get to close that gap. That means you're going to potentially run out of money. So if you have extra money and it goes over into that pool, now we have the discussion of do we gift that now or do we gift it later? Mm -hmm. And here's the challenge with that. So we do an assessment. We come up with a number. We go back to the client and say, you could give out a million dollars right now and not impact your personal financial plan. You're going to be secure. And you have here's the assets that you would gift XYZ. Or you could do, let's say, $100,000 a year. So if you don't do a million dollars right now and your portfolio makes 10% by next year, now that million dollars is still a million dollars, right? Because even if, let's say you only gifted 100,000, it's grown by 10%, so it's 990,000 that's left over. You're still trying to figure out how to gift that out there. Every, every year you get older and you don't have something negative happen to you or some kind of negative expense in a sequence of return that that creates a um, a financial hardship to you, your ability to gift actually in, increases or improves. Your probability of success improves because think about it like this: if there's ten bad things that, or ten just ten things that could happen to you, and really there's infinite number, but just you can't get your head around that number. So there's ten things that could happen to you from an investment perspective, which could impact your money in the next year. But let's pretend every year, 10 different things could happen. So next year, you could be in any one of 10 scenarios. So if you go two years out, it's any one of 100 scenarios because it's 10 scenarios in every 10 scenario from last year. And then it's 1,000 scenarios. And so the further out you get, the more wild your projected outcome could be. So the older you get, the more predictable it is. So when we look at your personal situation and we figure out, here's the money that you can afford to gift, which might you know, adjust yearly based on whatever your situation is um, or your gifting situation, then, and, and, and you've got your personal needs taken care of, then you shift and you start looking at the needs of the kids. Now, what are the needs of the kids? What's the situation of the kids? If, right. and, I, and I've had client, a client in the situation before where uh, one of the kids was in a, um, you know, a substance abuse situation. So obviously giving them a bunch of money if there's some things going on there that could be harmful, it could only possibly enhance, you know, access to things that are harmful to them. Right. We might want to think about that. Or if yep. you have kids that are spenders, they're just going to blow it. They're going to, you know, buy another used camper and, you know, it just doesn't matter if you give them money they're they'll find a way to lose it or spend it or waste it. Then, you know, you might think about that. But if you have kids that are really doing all the right things and they're trying to you know, figure out how to make things work to send the kids to good colleges and things like that, you might make a decision to start helping them early because you understand that you've got this extra pool of money. So and go back to just the um, 
the exper- experiencing an inheritance with your heirs or the usage benefit, if your kids who are doing everything that they're supposed to be doing, if you can help them now yep. and give them you know, an extra boost and understanding how appreciative they are, where could they get sooner? You know, that it can make a profound difference. Yep. Well, and you and I have talked about many times, why are people on this podcast? Because they would like some resources that can help them understand their money. It's their life. You know, you talked about understanding that you're taken care of first, and maybe there's people truthfully listening to this that don't even know if they're okay. They know they have these investment accounts, but they don't know if it's going to be enough to sustain them. A lot of people don't know what their money has the capacity to do because they've never actually sat down with somebody and built out a projection, built out a plan. They just have stuff. They might have had you know, somebody, a financial professional that sold them things along the way as a way to eliminate fear. Hey, buy this life insurance or you know, I'll manage your money. That's still not a financial plan. That's just buying products. So you may be here on this podcast and Travis is talking about, you know, in pool A, we want to make sure that you have the money that you need. And you may go, I don't even know what money I actually do need. So what we were trying to think about is building out uh, the financial planning in such a way to understand that your needs are met first and then understanding then what is left over. And if we think about back to our first conversation and understanding our kids in their situation, you know, you might have uh, kids that are just going to be better stewards of money than other kids. So there's a lot more that goes into it in terms of, you know, you want to do something, but when do you start to have this conversation? And if you're here on this podcast and this is your first episode and you've never met with a financial planner, you don't know if you have enough money to meet with somebody, I would encourage you to at least go find a fee-only planner that is a fiduciary to act in your best interests. Start to understand if financial planning would be appropriate for you right now. Share with somebody your dream, share with somebody your value, share what you would love to have happen in a perfect world and start to understand, can somebody come alongside you right now that can help put some of these pieces in place? Because these are some big decisions. The idea is there and the idea is really simple. You want to set your kids up for success and you want to leave them something. But I think it's more of the actual pulling it off or the logistics behind it that can be more complex and you want somebody that is working in your your best interest, advocating on your behalf to understand, hey, you have all these different tools. And that's what we want to call them tools. You have pensions, you have social security, you have these retirement accounts, you have a Roth, you have a brokerage. Maybe you inherited money, right? And there's some things that you're dealing with. These are all tools that you have, but we need to understand the situation your kids are in so that we're not harming them via taxes or we're not putting them in a situation that could be you know, the way somebody is now, if you just add more to it, it's probably only going to magnify the way that they are. So if somebody is a potential good steward now, you add more to their plate, they may become a better steward because there's more to work with. And so I think a lot of times people are trying to understand what to do. And when you're talking about gifting, if you have a sizable account and your money is invested in the market, if the market has good year after good year after good year, compounding interest on larger accounts only makes larger accounts larger. So there's there's a lot of planning that goes into evolved into gifting now so that you're giving an appropriate amount away each year so that as you're, you know, if you don't need to tap into these accounts and as the stock market continues to rise, if it does, that the values of these accounts that you're trying to trim down to better set your heirs up, that you're doing the right things. But I think it is a conundrum because people don't know when, they don't know how. Um, so then why don't we get into a little when to start gifting? Like, What are some of the priorities or areas that people should start to consider when it comes to their own personal situation? People need to 
put themselves first though. So we can talk about when they should, you know, how to build out when I think is really based on, um, you have to have yourself financially taken care of first. Right. That's a great point. It's a little bit depends on where you are socioeconomically, I think, Mm -hmm. because working with clients who have less funds, a lot of times the focus is to protect those from the dreaded nursing home spend down. Right. To the point where they impoverish themselves. They literally make themselves, you know, welfare candidates trying to protect money that sometimes the kids are really successful. They don't even need. Right. And, and I would, I always say this, and this is, I, I've always worked with clients that are much older than myself. I, I will speak for your children when I say I'd, I'd rather you take care of yourself than move in with me. <laughs> you know, and some kids, I know some kids are different than that, but once you go through that process of bringing a parent in and, and having to become full-time caretaker for a parent, it is not a fun job. It is a really hard job. Yep. And it can be really stressful on a, on a family, a marriage or, or in relationships. And so trying to protect 50,000 or a hundred thousand or gifting all your money out of your name so that you don't have to pay for your own care. Uh, I, I think is, is a little bit of biting off your nose to spite your face because the gift you're going to leave then is tainted with the struggles of the last year or two, a lot of times. Um, right. So we don't want to do that. We first want to make sure that you're taken care of, that you have what you need, even if having what you need means you you have enough money to pay for your own care in a in a facility of your choice or at home, which is your choice or something like that, right? So it starts with you and understanding your bare bones needs financially. Right. Um, and then it comes to priorities. And most people will look at their money and have different priorities for it. Yep. My money is to take care of me. My money is to go to my kids. It's funny. I, I've met clients. The money, the purpose of the money is go to their kids, but yet they won't give it to their kids. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's the kids are getting closer to retirement and they still won't give it. And it's like, but if it's, if the point of the money is for the kids, why don't you just give it to the kids then? Right. But anyway, if it's for the kids or, it could be in a way to transmit lessons learned. These are, this is how I learned about investing or, or we might work with a client that we create joint investment accounts with the clients and the kids. The kids can start learning about going through market cycles. It's okay to let the, the balance go up and down and up and down. And what do you do when the market's good or when the market's bad? You know, those types of things. It could be some families are all about education. My goal is just to make sure everybody in the family has got education covered. Yep. So I gift when people need money for education or in a manner that when I do give money, it's specifically earmarked for education. So it might just mean that as long as I'm alive and one of my kids or grandkids needs to go to college, I'm, I've made everybody aware that I'm going to pay the bill. Or you know, if I were to check out too early, I'm going to have part of my estate fan plan fund a trust that will go towards education for generations to come. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people uh, from a gifting standpoint are very focused on the family tree. Yep. I want to gift, but make sure all the assets stay within the family tree, basically within the bloodline. Mm -hmm. And that's where you kind of get into trusts and things like that. And there's mechanisms to do that. I think a lot of times people don't understand the options. You can gift now. You can gift when you check out. You can 
gift to the kids outright right now. You can put it in a trust and the kids will have the trust at some point in the future. Um, you can put assets in a trust to protect the principal, live off the income. And at least, you know, the principal is going to pass on to the kids. But it all it all circles back to, you know, being aware of the situation, everybody's situation, but mostly being aware of your situation. The impetus behind whether or not to gift right now comes down to, can you afford to gift? And what are you trying to achieve with the money? Yep. And how does time relate to that? Yep. Well, and when we've talked, you know, usually if you're married, um, it's very rare. We've said this in other episodes that you have two spouses that think, communicate, and do everything the same exact way. Um, Sometimes you have people that flow in the same direction, but a lot of spouses are complements to each other. Um, One strengths is another person's maybe weakness or vice versa. We have talked about savers and spenders when it comes to how do we save for retirement? How do we spend? But I would say probably too, if you've never even talked with your spouse or a planner, having an advocate in the room about what you would want to happen with your things. You might have one spouse that feels like, you know what? I had to earn everything I made in my life. Therefore, my kids will also have to earn everything. And the other spouse may say, yeah, but I I mean, I want to do these experiences while we're alive and these things are important to me. So you want to make sure you're having these conversations internally. And if that's a struggle, well, then, you know, I know a lot of our estate planning process is just having these conversations, peeling back the onion before you're even talking about tools and, you know, what you have. It's what do you want to have happen? Talk to me about it. You know, what's been your experiences? Have you ever had a parent leave you something and how did that make you feel? Or, you know, do you wish your parents had left you something? Yeah, I really wish mom and dad had left me something. Well, what if you could do that? How would you want to do that? Do you want to gift it, you know, when you're long gone and you're, you've passed away? Do you want to do it while you're here? What what do you want to do while you're here? Do you want to create uh, event experiences? Meaning, do you want to take trips of a lifetime? Is it something you do together? Is it more of a financial lesson that you talked about? Do you want to get them investing some way somehow and you want to start to do that? Do you want to pay for the college? I think these are conversations that people need to have. And you and I had done a presentation a couple of years ago about aging with dignity. And just this idea is as we all get older, we've had you know different experiences. We've had parents that we've had to take in or grandparents that we've had to work with. Maybe you found yourself becoming a personal caretaker. And that was really hard on you seeing mom and dad age that way. You, know, you never would have uh, imagined taking care of mom or dad the way that you had to. And now that's maybe thinking about your own mortality and what you want your kids to experience. You can easily shy away from these conversations because they're hard, but they don't have to be. Like you said, they don't have to be morbid conversations. These are things that you want to get out on the table because you want to express your feelings. And sometimes you just need a couple of meetings or opportunities to journal, to write it down, to think about it. Because again, going in to meet with a financial advisor uh, who asks you about your state plan, it's more, mostly just, do you have a will, healthcare proxy and power of attorney? Okay, good. You need beneficiaries? Okay, good. Now let's talk about your investments. No, 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 back up. There's a lot involved. What are these, what's the means of the investments? Why do you need them? Are you taken care of? Do you have the money that you need? Once you know that you're taken care of, you just talked about these three children and you lit up. What do you want to do for these three kids? What kind of lifestyle do you want to create for them? These are all things that I think are really important for people to pump the brakes a little bit and to celebrate Um, that you've been raising kids your entire life, and now you have something to maybe do something your parents never did for you, or you want to do it differently than your parents did, it's a good time to start talking about going for a car ride. Maybe you're listening to this podcast now, and when you're done, turn it off and just think about, geez, what would we do? You know, what do we want to do with our money? You know, what do we want that to look like? These are good conversations for people to have. 
And just because you have differences doesn't mean you're you're somehow not connected to each other and you're, you know, you need to be on my page or I need to be on, maybe there's a compromise. And maybe the compromise is actually building out the financial chassis to be able to know that if one of you wants to create experiences while you can now, first of all, make sure you're taken care of. And then when you know what's left over, can we use a portion of this to satisfy your desire to want to do something here and now? But I also want to make sure that we are leaving something when we're no longer here. So this, what we're trying to do is show you that it's a lot more involved than just maybe checking a box. So, so aging, aging with dignity, you brought that up. Yep. Think about it like this. There may come a point in your life where you can't finish the conversation. Mm-hmm. You just run out of time. So whether it's dementia or Alzheimer's and you, and, or you have a stroke or whether it's just the end and you're out of time. If you don't talk to your kids about what's important to you and what matters and have the discussion about, you know, why you've done things the way you've done or the things that you'd like to see happen. If you never have that conversation, when they have to come in and help you at the end, they are going to be really unprepared. Mm -hmm. So people who there's a lot of people who are very private or insecure about this type of thing. There will be a point where we all have to rely on somebody else, every single person. Because when you're gone, you got to rely on somebody else to clean it up. Yep. Right. So whether it happens in this life or or not doesn't really matter. There's going to come a point where we have to rely on somebody else. And if it matters to you, if you've been holding on to your money because it matters to you, and it mm-hmm. matters to you how your children interact with it or what they get out of it and you haven't had those discussions or shared that knowledge or that information that you have, yep. maybe you've been super successful and it's because you really understand investments in the markets and you know how to make money and those things have just been a great saver. I can't tell you how many clients come in and say, I never knew my mom and dad had so much money. I thought they were broke. Mm-hmm. Well, because mom and dad 70 years ago lived through a time when people saved every nickel they had and didn't need air conditioning. Right. You know, and, 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 and we're just really, really, you know, conservative with their money and they refuse to talk to people about it. So here you go along, your kids are thinking, boy, mom and dad are, are really struggling. You're not, you're fine. And, and, but they're superimposing their belief system onto you because they don't understand your value system Right. when it comes to money. I'm not saying when it comes to you know, being nice to everybody else and all that kind of stuff, but just when it comes to money, because we're products of our environment as we're growing up a lot of times and and those influences that start with us very young. And so if you don't, I mean, part of aging with dignity is making sure that what you wanted to happen has as much, you know, probability of happening as possible. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to make a difference to your kids with your money, and that's why you were saving it, or if you wanted to make sure your money provided for your care, and that's why you were saving it. If you don't tell your kids that, it might do something very differently. Yep. And, and, and how would, how, if you are flying the wall after the fact, how frustrating would that be to you? Yeah. You, 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 here you are, you've gone 70, 80 years, and you've set things up a certain way, and you're, you're very excited about this idea of leaving a legacy and then it blows up at the end because you never told anybody the importance of it mm-hmm. and, and why you did things in a certain way. So, so these conversations don't have to be morbid. They yep. are as much about 
the legacy and the values and the life lessons and the experience that you want to create for the next generation. And how can you be a part of that? How can you help with that as anything? So we had, yeah. we just have to maybe change the paradigm a little bit. And I think you were doing a good job there from being, being morbid to this is an opportunity to connect on even a, di- a deeper level. Because when yeah. people can understand where each other's coming from and when there's not this like, I really want, every time you see them, I really want to talk to them about this, but I'm, I, I don't know how I'm fearful of it. Yep. You know, help them help you essentially down yep. the road. If you trust them, if you really trust your kids and they're really good and, and they're thoughtful kids, you know, let them in a little bit. Again, you still don't have to tell them dollar amounts, but yep. share with them the point to everything. Well, and you and I did a, a series of these uh, aging with dignity in different settings with rooms packed full of people and the collective questions consciousness uh, were very similar each time we presented this. So we can kind of extrapolate that out and say, if all of these people had the same concerns, I would imagine many listeners have these concerns too as well, which is how do I get started? What do I do? I want to make sure that again, that my kids may not have to take care of me. I want to make sure my planning is taken care of, but I also want to be able to create maybe generational wealth or set my kids up for the future. These are all great things. It's your money and it's your life. In this next part though, we do want to start to answer one of these questions that we hear all the time at the end, which is, what do you do? How do you get started? You know, What's that good process? So stay tuned for this next part. We want to share with you how you can get started as you're thinking about multi-generational planning. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.